0: On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about the inevitable need to use new equipment. How do you go about testing, evaluating, giving back feedback, and determining if something is going to be right for you, both short and long-term. All that and more on A State of Control. The network for
1: the AV industry. What are you listening to?
0: This. This is AV.
1: This, this.
0: This. This is, is AV, AV Nation. Nation.
2: This is AV Nation. A state
0: of control.
1: A state of control.
0: A state of control episode 91. Tinfoil hat. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by At Lona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education,
2: and residential spaces.
0: Welcome to a state of control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the programming, control, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Granblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. On today's show, we're going to talk about something that's kind of inevitable. It's trying to determine when and the best way to use new equipment. So uh, with me to discuss that are two returning guests that, that you all know from this and other shows. And before we get to say hello to them, I'd like to t- re- introduce my partner here at Estate of Control, and he is Rich Fergosa, and he's at his home office, luckily.
1: I am fortunately I'm I'm not on a planet and I'm not stuck somewhere in a blizzard so I'm, I'm glad to be here and uh, actually I I'm, I'm excited that we are less than double digits on our way to 100 so for from the episode list so we cracked we cracked the seal it's it's hopefully downhill hopefully the, our show quality doesn't go downhill hopefully it's just yeah, us picking up speed but uh, good to be here
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We're For those of you who are counting, we're uh, less than 10 away. So it'll be this, sometime this year that we'll be cracking 100, which is pretty damn cool. Um, so first, I'd like to welcome back. Uh, he's uh, sort of a regular here, but we haven't heard from him in a little bit, and that's kind of my fault. But uh, he is Brian McGrogan, and he's from Varex. Welcome, Brian.
3: Thanks very much for having me back, Steve. It's great to be here.
0: Thanks for being here with us. And uh, last time we heard from Brian, we did a back-to-back episode on security, episodes 79 and 80, so uh, check those out. Uh, But to uh, beat you on that one, we have an old friend that we haven't spoken to in quite some time, and I had to go back and see. It was episode 54, so we really have to uh, welcome him back. And he is Scott Tyner, and he's from Bates College. Welcome back, Scott.
2: Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me back.
0: Thanks for being here. Um, So as as I mentioned uh, at the top, and what we're going to talk about today is the the fact that we all have to use new equipment, you know, whether we're we're talking about um, upgrading something that's existing, whether it's a newer version of a model, whether we're trying a new manufacturer, or whether we're just doing something that we haven't done before, we always have to work with new equipment, and and that that's a good thing because as they say in business, if you're if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. So. Um, the, the key is, is the, is how do you best do that? And that's a lot of what I think we're going to talk about today. So Rich I'll, um, I'll start the conversation with you having the first word on this. Um, when you're talking to a client, when you're talking to an integrator, when somebody's putting a new piece of equipment in front of you and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to make this work, you know, what, what's, what's the the best way to have that conversation in a productive manner?
1: Well, I'm going to, temper this with if you asked me this question two years ago i would have a far different answer than uh you asking me uh at the beginning of february in 2022 so pre-chip shortage and supply chain issues and post chip shortage and, and supply chain issues uh right now it, it, it is requiring a bit of uh, it's it's It is a very healthy serving of honesty, as well as quite a bit of seasoning of inspiration and creativity. (laughs) You you have to season it really well with those two right now, because um, it is a it's it's a constant part of the conversation right now. You know, if you mention the word new project in this year, the next words out of your mouth are going to be something related to supply chain. And that's across the board. And the thing is, is that it is, it has become part of the lexicon. Now, if, if, if somebody had mentioned that phrase a year ago to a general consumer, right. Or to anybody really, it'd be like, ah, okay. I, I, I don't quite know what that means. It doesn't affect me. I mean, now you're hearing about stuff like, you know, uh, uh you know, washing machines and patio furniture and, and, all of these things, it's like, it's a daily part of life at this point. So, but it's not something to hammer a client with right now. So, so new is great, but the problem that we're having to say is we, we'd love for you to get new, we just don't have it. So we've got choices. Um, we can develop with it in mind and phase our way in, or we can start taking a look at what you got and getting a little bit more out of it. And so it's a precarious conversation Right now. Um, however, once we get out of this, and it we, we will get out of it, um, a big part of it revolves around why new. Are we doing new for new's sake? Are we doing new because it adds value? Um, and you also have to be careful about the biting the hand that feeds you because your integrators, your consultants, and everybody you know, your manufacturers. Again, how many times I got to say it? Brothers got to eat, right? They're going to make their living off of new. Um, We have the ability to work a little bit differently. Uh, But I mean, new does provide new features, you know, higher quality audio, higher quality video, speed, security, flexibility, you know, dot, 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 you know, it requires, you know, again, what we what we try to work with, which is, let's set the equipment aside for a moment and let's use this situation as a conversation to what are you looking for? What's your end result? The humans who are gonna walk into this space, what are they expecting? What are you expecting for them? And then you pull out your crystal ball. Okay, so here's what you saw in an episode of 24, 10 years ago, and you thought it was the coolest thing. Okay, we still got that yet. So with that said, here's where we can get you and we're much closer now than we were then um but here are the you know the caveats and you know our our first conversations with clients are that our job is to protect you from yourself that is what I'm hired for to keep you out of trouble once I keep you out of trouble then i can start giving you the stuff you want but i'm not going to immediately walk in and treat like treat you like a toddler and hand you an espresso and a puppy dog and let you loose it's just not going to happen in your space so you know it it's it i i appreciate it right now because new allows a conversation new allows for you know and again rev 2.0 of what you're doing right i mean new for us is hey we've had 2 5 years of similar spaces. And here's where we fell on our face. Well, We thought we had it. Well, We thought we had the secret sauce. Here's what we've learned. So now let's take this. And we now have the toys that actually let us get from point A to point B. And so, I mean, it's a tour. It it, it honestly is. And I, I find that most integrators, programmers, consultants are successful when they're listening and their speech reflects that they're listening. Because it is, because we're still tech geeks, we still love gadgets, we still love stuff. It's still really easy to get caught into the stuff instead of listening. And so, um, you know, new products is the opportunity for a new conversation to be able to take that next step, not only for them, but for you and to show where you've grown and and to be able to provide that experience. So it's the West Coast vibe, man. Like I said, it's, it's all holistic here. <laughs>
0: It's all about give and take. So, so Scott, um, I'll let you comment on that because I think that you're in a bit of a unique position because you're very close to to the client, the users, your users. You also are involved in representing your 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 school and and being and really have responsibility for making sure that your needs are met. But you have to kind of weigh the the pros and cons that Rich talked about. Um, What what goes into your thought process when when you're looking at new equipment and and are there some ways that you found to kind of hedge your bet a bit?
2: Yeah, we are. It's interesting, right? Because at a school, we have different situations than others. We have a classroom or classrooms, which are pretty darn standard year to year. Uh, Presentation spaces are the same um and yet we do have faculty or administrators who walk in with some interesting new device that they want to plug in probably not as much as happens in uh some of the resi stuff that that you all do where they're bringing all kinds of uh new stuff in so we we do have that conversation that that rich was talking about about what what are you trying to do uh is is this the best way to do it and part of our other conversation is about if we put this in the room other faculty are going to use it, and so it's not just you we have to make this work for, and, and you might be willing to jump through three hoops, wear a tinfoil hat, and hold your finger up in the air the whole time. Other faculty aren't going to, and when we try to explain to them that's what you have to do, they're not going to like it. I think, um, of course, we, we have to, as Rich did, talk about the current time we're in with um, supply chain, because we are this past summer we did, and next summer we are putting up new buildings. And we have to make those decisions truly about new products as far as um, manufacturers. And we go through this process of, sure, there's some pain on our part of learning the new programming, learning the new standards of that equipment, but we're now stuck supporting that for six, seven, eight years down the road of something that we never have. And so we really want to make sure that two years down the road, we're not kicking ourselves for choosing something different. And yet, guess what? That, that building has to open on September 1st, no matter what. And the faculty want more than a piece of chalk in their hand when they do it. Uh, so we are lucky. We're a, a small place. We can really talk with the faculty. We can really explain that to them. Um, we're also lucky that uh, probably like many of you, of well probably uh, unlike some of you we we have this ability to know what our standards are and a new building is a capital project so we can we've ordered some of that stuff back in september or august for the following september because we just we know what we're getting um, but there's some things that we've, we've had to change and we do have to have discussions with the faculty about that and administrators to say there's there may be some things that are missing um because you don't and we don't and our faculty don't want us to put something in there um that's not going to work going forward
0: so Brian I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you jump in and you know there's a couple of ways that we we can attach attack this because I think um both Rich and Scott brought up some interesting points about you know what do you do now because you you really have to plug the holes um and and sometimes you you have to get the job done but but from you know the the standpoint of operation wise you know and, and I'm sure that you've encountered this quite a bit is is that the the experience has to be consistent so part of the challenge is, is integrating a new piece of equipment and making it work like the other pieces that you're that that the users may be using in in uh, adjacent rooms per se or or what they're they've come uh, become accustomed to um what, what, what does that challenge look like?
3: Well, that challenge can be can be quite interesting, right? It, it totally depends on the piece of equipment. And you, you bring up a good point of, you know, if we're doing our jobs correctly, it should almost be seamless that I went from room A to room B, yet a lot of the guts are different, right? So obviously, that's not always the case. While we strive for that, that doesn't always happen. But I, I think that to touch on one of the points that rich talked about is honesty honesty is a really key component here of having the difficult conversations with people to let them know and understand of you know we know that this has to happen we know that this needs to get rolled out if we go this direction here are going to be some of the limitations here are going to be some of the pieces that you know uh, that we're not going to be able to do or here are some of the great new features that we can do right so but being honest and having the conversation and ensuring that we are upfront about that um, and getting those conversations documented is a key piece. Um, but then from the back end as well, right, doing everything we can, you know, learning. I know there are a lot of pain points, especially when we start to use new hardware. But, you know, kind of thinking outside the box, if you will, not just of, oh, hey, this doesn't do what, you know, equipment A did. Sorry, not going to work. Of Okay is there another piece that we can introduce that will help bridge that gap is there you know can we be a little more creative on the programming side to uh, to help make that uh, as seamless as possible so it, again it, it comes back to honesty and conversations and ensuring that everybody is up to date and everybody understands what's happening and what's going on um, and i think for the most part clients have been very understanding of that right they're having it's not just our industry they're having problems across all the industries with this so you know they have standards that they've set and they can't get network switches or they can't get you know these pieces for extended periods of time and it comes down to the individual client of yes i want to stay within my standards and i understand i'm going to wait twice as long as i usually do or i'm willing to play outside the box and have some give and take
0: uh, rich i uh, i i wanted to just go forward with another thing that scott said i thought was interesting is that you 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 look at making something work now, but then having to live with it is the key. So, in choosing a new piece of equipment, does that mean that you are going to keep moving forward and and now use that piece of equipment in future projects, or or like what well, what's the um, I guess the what does it look like to evaluate something as being a temporary fix versus a a um, a full you know way a future a commitment let's say
1: well we've all been doing this long enough to know that it comes from experience of living with the box um all of us have made the rookie mistake of believing the spec sheet and listening to the marketing people and passing that along and then suffering the slings and arrows of that rookie mistake um Again, our our personal approach and and for whatever it is, hopefully it's given us the longevity we've had. Our approach has always been whenever we are approaching a commercial client, an education client, a resi client, and it's new, you know, again, kind of goes back to honesty. But what we offer is I understand that you've read this and somebody's told you about this and, and, and these are things you think you want. And I want to support you in this so here's what we're going to do you're going to subsidize the process and we're going to work together and you're going to get the benefit of everything that comes out with this but we are going to hammer this and for the longest time we used to have you know at minimum a 12-month rule before we put anything in because we would always say look until that second version of firmware software whatever it happens to be comes out i've told you many many times you know it's like you you either want to be you know if you want to be leading edge we can support that if you want to be bleeding edge there are costs and ramifications there are some great great rewards you know when it does happen because we've had some where it's like hey this thing doesn't exist let's make it you know and and we've cobbled it together and found all kinds of crazy ways to do stuff i mean that was you know, as an old timer, that is the war story that you're gonna hear most from guys you know, and gals, which was, this thing didn't exist. <laughs> you know, we, we were just, we just made it work. We didn't even know if it was gonna work when we turned it on, and then we all went, wow, it worked. Um, yeah, You know, it, it, it's it, basics of project management, expectation management, communication, right? milestones. And so our goal has always been, you know, we're, we're working with new technologies, you know, just internally, We're we're, we're finally seeing voice control and um, anticipatory service devices start are starting to get their legs under them. It's a whole new world for us, because we're dealing with the world of the DIY inexpensive $29 digital assistant, and the frustrations with that and going no, this is an ecosystem. And so we're having to very carefully say, here's, here, here's how far we can go. We know it's going to expand out, but let's get you here. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, again, we're talking about the control industry, right? And then the control, the, the integration industry. And regardless of whether you're in a home or you're in a huddle space or an executive boardroom or a classroom you know we always related it to we had kind of our five principles of automation right we wanted it on we wanted it off we wanted it warmer we wanted it cooler. we wanted it louder we wanted it softer we wanted it brighter we wanted it dimmer. We needed to hit those first. once we hit those, then it's gravy. And so you know that that is the point with it is that not to fear new, But to be very careful with it and be measured with it. And again, for us, our ours has always been we work in partnership. Which is, hey, we're going to do the R and D. So you got a choice. You can wait for me for a year after I've done the R and D, or you can be a partner in the process and reap some of the benefits of it. Um, And a lot of times, you know, we get that partnership. We get that absolutely. You know, we already know you're going to be here. You're our guys. So it makes total sense for us to do that because then everybody else gets by, and 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 you know it's worked well. Now and you know again the other thing is we got a full lab here, you know you, you got a dog food. If you're in this industry and you're not dog fooding every single thing that you're working with, you know you're you're doing yourself a disservice. Just because you're in just because you're a programmer in the software side, you need to know the hardware. You need to live with it um, because you need to know you know again how to be brutally brutally honest with your weaknesses as a programmer or as an organization, not because of what you're doing, but because you, you overestimated what the box you said was going to do.
0: Um, Scott, Scott, uh, you know, um, Rich talked a little bit about the marketing side of stuff and being able to believe, um, or, or t- take, take, uh, understand how to, um, accept the information you're getting from manufacturers. Um, what what strategies have have you used uh, when it comes to that? Because, like you said before, you you kind of have to plan for these things well in advance. Sometimes you may even be buying a product that is on a spec sheet rather than something that you could have in your hands. So, it, is uh, it, do you have any um, tips for people that are are um, in that position?
2: Well, I in, in order to answer that question, we ha- we have to assume we have a, a normal supply chain. Um, and, and in that case, we will never put something in a classroom or a presentation space that we have not put our hands on. And um, unlike Rich, I don't know that we'll go a full year without putting it in a room, but we, we're going to put it in our lab, in our workshop. Um, we're going to put our, uh, our regular expectations and processes that our faculty expect to see. We do a lot of class captures, you can assume. And so if we're going to change our class capture device because one's not available anymore, we want to make sure that the process of entering a pin so you know who the faculty member is and that it ends up in the right directory and on the server, all that kind of stuff happens, right? Um, And that we can programmatically do that behind the scenes. So that really to the end user, they don't need to know nor should they know that we have a a different device. Um, I anybody has got stories about how they put something in too soon, and they got burned or even uh, there's a couple projects products that come to mind that um, we thought we were doing okay with. And we had five of them in rooms. And by the time we got 20 or 30 of them in rooms, we were just like, this, this is the worst piece of junk we've ever seen. Um, and we had to go <laughs> turn ourselves around and go start taking all those out of classrooms. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't always work. Uh, but absolutely. We, we put our hands on stuff. I'm a big proponent of, uh, and this was a, a discussion on Twitter within the past few few months of, Manufacturers have to play ball in this, and whether they're giving you something, or they're giving you something at discount, or at their cost, or they're giving it to their integrators who can share it with, if you would consider me an end user, um, I'm, I'm, and I get there's business operations. This I'm not a huge fan of this whole. You write me a PO, and you have to have that back it to me in 30 days, or we're going to charge you. You get the thing, and then. All oh, hell breaks loose and it's 20 days later and you haven't even un- unpacked the box. Um, so I think that manufacturers have to play a little bit of ball to say, well, we want people to start using this thing. So part of our budget is going to have to be we've got X number of these to um, loan out for whatever the whatever a real period of, of time is.
0: I think that's a really good point. I, in fact, uh, one of the questions I was going to ask is how how to communicate that to manufacturers so that they can be a a partner and and be invested in that process. Um, Brian, I'm going to switch the conversation up a little bit. Um, Programming is a hard one to look at, you know, in terms of saying is what, what is it going to take to make this product, this device work? It's one thing to work on the AV side or to, to fulfill the need of the application that it does, but, but a lot of times, it the programming, the effort that it takes to program or control a, a new product, gets glossed over. They 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 look and they say, okay, it has a port on it, it has an API, it's good to go.
3: Wait, they they check to see that there's an API before they uh, sell
0: it. Well, I, I would hope so, but I but you know it, it I, maybe I'm I'm taking things for granted. But uh, so 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 tell me a little bit about. Um, what are some things that should need to be looked to, to be thought about, um, and and the kind of the second part of, of this, and, and I'll, I'll let others jump in too, is how, how do we make the those make it known um, to the rest of the industry, like what what is good and what is bad when it comes comes to control and programming.
3: I think for me, um, and and the way that we work, you know, one of the things that I did very early on is I joined our new tech team. Right. And so we put our hands on or we we review products before we let them go live to a client. Right. Hypothetically, we'd love to have them in our lab and we'd love to have them in that. But sometimes we only get to to work with a manufacturer's demo for 30 days. And, you know, I might only get a day with it and I've got to try to make that work in some ways. So obviously there's some give and takes there. Um, but, you know, in the end, I, it goes back again to the communication piece of it of you know, letting people know that, hey, I took a look at this, I might not have gotten to dig into all 100 features, I got to hit, you know, the top 15 that I know that our clients are going to want to use, right, and and kind of uh, triaging that with, for lack of a better term, if you will, of, you know, hey, it's great, it's got a 100 features, but I know my core customers, and they're going to want to use features 1 through 20, and those are the ones I'm going to focus on until I have the time to do the whole thing, Um but making sure that everybody understands that, hey, features 1 through 14 are fantastic. Everything's going to be great here. Feature 15 has this little caveat or has this little piece that I think we can work around. I think if we did X, Y, Z, we can make it really, really solid. Or I think it's something that we need to stay away from Where when feature 15 is, you know, a, a rock solid. This is a, an absolute requirement that can never fail. Um, you know, pieces like that. And... And then <clears throat> once we have that, having a dialogue, you know, it starts back with our sales and design team, so that they understand that, hey, this got specced into a project, came from a consultant or you know, client really wanted this. You know, we worked on on this project. Here are the pitfalls of it. You know, here we think we can make this better. You know, we love to continue to work with the product, but you know, just be careful of it in the future. We have a we have a list of products that we now have to bend the rules a little bit with it, but a list of products which are a do not sell or a, you know, they have a big asterisk next to them of if you're going to sell this, you need to sell a ton of extra hours because there's going to be a lot of back and forth. Um, And we also try, you know, I get sucked into a a lot more of the uh, technical in-depth pieces just because of the nature of my project and our, our job and the nature of who I am. You know, we also try to make sure that we document those pieces. And I, I love to, Go through and document it, and give it to the people who are going to set it up and configure it, so that hopefully that makes my life a little bit easier. I also am trying to do 50 things, so I don't remember all the steps. You know, in six months when it's actually getting deployed, so that can be my point of reference as
0: well. Uh, the, it, it it it's a tricky tricky thing, and uh, and and uh, the, the thing I'll add there too is that what you're testing today may not be what you're actually going to run into when. The next firmware revision comes out, or, yep. or the the product actually matures a little bit, so that 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 gets to be pretty tough.
3: Absolutely, and and Rich ad, um, Rich was talking about it as well. I always feel like programming to grow, is a really good thing, right? Understanding that there are those to use the example before hundred features, we're going to use fifteen of them, but make sure that we have the room to grow to all hundred as they become uh, available. And
0: make things scalable in that manner. Scott, I'll ask you kind of a similar question on that do do you look at um, what 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 do you look at from a manufacturer when it comes to the control side is it important to you if if um, they have maybe a, a pre-developed module or the, if it if the products in uh, their their library on the control side is it or is it good enough to be able to just have an API and say you know here here have at it
2: so again we are some not somewhat of a we're a smaller house than than some of you for sure uh we definitely want a control module in place for for products that we're going to buy um we've had some i can think of some projectors years ago i mean they were just a complete nightmare in order to to program right you had the 50 character serial string that you'd have to send out and uh the like and so we we really look at the um the modules make sure they have a module higher ed actually is, is interesting. I I don't know how many others of you are involved. I know Steve, you've, you've got some connections into higher ed. We talk all the time to each other. So the other real advantage we have is to say, Hey, I'm looking at this other device. You tell me if any of you have seen this and what have you gotten? Maybe some of them have written up some uh, modules that they can share. We are an extremely collaborative group. And so we can really reach out to each other and, and, and get feedback, um, that way. So that that's another big piece. But sure we have some standards um about um what not just modules, but it you know has to be over Ethernet or it has to be um o- over some other standards that we that we're uh moving towards. And so um those are the ones that um uh, I think are really important. When we talk about we have to live this live with this down in the future, right? We need in a classroom to be able to walk in in between classroom classes and swap out a device. And if we need to go and change all the kinds of programming to do that, we we've lost that ability to do that. And so that plays a major role in how we select devices is, is, is this, um, does this provide that opportunity for us?
0: I think that's a really good point. So, so not only does it have to be stable and fit the need, but it has has to be mature and has has to really be proven for you, so that you have have the that that confidence in saying that I, I know how this works, but it's also easy to implement. Hey, thank you for that. That 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 actually is a really good point. Um, Rich, we're probably getting close to the last word here. Um, what I think is a is an important thing for us from this program and from from a control and a programmer standpoint is how, how do we push this information back up to manufacturers effectively because we we always say we want to have a seat at the table and a bigger voice you know and and, and scott mentioned het, uh, the higher ed um, group that's collaborative and and i know that uh, we've talked before about hetma and had um, james and joe way involved and i think that they're doing some great things in that manner um, just from from our standpoint in general, because it's often that we just have to make it work. Um, how, how do how do we get our voice heard and really make manufacturers and 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 even others that we work with more aware of, of these gotchas, so that so that we avoid those pitfalls.
1: Well, you know, I mean, most of the manufacturers, you know, money talks, and <laughs> you know, if if you are uh, part of a large university, if you have three or four fortune 500 companies in your pocket who you are dealing directly with the C-level suite or the CTO or it's amazing how quickly a manufacturer will pick up a phone uh, when they can recognize a very specific caller ID coming in. Not to say that, you know, you should be using pressure points, but pressure points can be effective. (laughs) And, uh, And it can be done again it's it's you're doing the same thing with your manufacturers right it's like help help me help you right and uh you know a big i I think there's at times a fear of lobbying with your clients and it's it's weird because they're your partners you're serving their needs they're the ones writing the checks ultimately you know that you know a manufacturer is going to go hey This might affect business if we're not listening. And it doesn't have to be in an antagonistic role at all. But it it really is, hey, at the conclusion of the project, were you really happy with what we did? Great. You know, two of our major major manufacturers are XYZ. I really think it would be great for us to have, you know, again, not a half-hour conversation, but get together for like a five-minute conversation and just kind of recap where we're at and things you'd like to see and things you'd like to go and all of a sudden things kind of open up, you know, I, I, again, I I skew more towards resi um, obviously. And so I do have the luxury of having some very recognizable last names that show up in caller ID. And that gives me a certain bit of cachet with manufacturers when, you know, again, you, you don't, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? You know, you, you learn how to use it, but ultimately if your intent is to make it better for everybody. Use your resources. And and honestly, that's what Brian and Scott were saying as well, which was collaborate, use your resources. But it's not just us in the trenches. It's your clients. You can partner with your clients. Crazy sound, but you really can. And if they've got um, 3,000 huddle spaces or 2,000 classrooms, you know, or whatever it happens to be, there's a lot of weight behind it. And, and again, like I said, you don't, you don't abuse it, but you definitely do try to use it if you can.
0: I think that's a good way to uh, to wrap this one up and, and some good advice that can, can not only be uh, reflected in this conversation, but in, in others as well. Um, so thanks uh, all of you for being part of today's show. i first like to uh, thank Brian McGrogan from Verix. How How can people get in touch with you and learn more about, uh, what you're doing and learn more about Varex.
3: You can find Varex on the internet at www.varex.com. You can find me all over the interwebs, uh, like Richie likes to say, at B McGrogan on all social medias. Um, and same for Varex at Varex on all social
0: medias. Thanks. Uh, and, uh, Scott Tyner from Bates college. Thanks for being with us again. Um, how could people get in touch with you, learn more, what you're up to, maybe, uh, learn about HEPMA or, or, what, um, some of the, uh, the, the university uh, collaboration groups that you're involved with?
2: Yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter at, at S. Tyner. I'm on LinkedIn, and certainly we're connected to uh, the, the HETMA. There's a, um, a higher ed Slack group that, that we're part of. Like I said, we're, we're very collaborative. And, and really, um, the, 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 the collection of people just continues to grow. So reaching out to any higher ed person will put you in touch with, with everybody else. Um, and I think as as Rich rightly pointed out and uh if we we can use those influences in a, in a great way to improve the industry overall um let's let 's do that awesome
0: and also if you haven 't seen check out scott 's writing on rave pubs as well some some good stuff there uh and l- rich uh good show today um How can people find out what you 're up to uh get in touch with you and um, any uh last words that you want to share for today?
1: Well, I got to say, I'm just happy to be the dumbest guy in this quad split. So, <laughs>
2: you know, I am
1: always happy when I'm surrounded by people far smarter than me. And so, uh, you know, Brian and Scott, I mean, they're, they're they're spitting some truth, man. It was some straight church. And so, um, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, as, as Brian said, yeah, man, find me on the interwebs. Um, you know, and, and, and we were talking about it before. We talk about collaboration. We talk about reaching out. But, like, we mean it. I, I truly mean it. It's like if it's OK to drop a message in Twitter, a DM, you know, an email, you know, where just because we're the ones on this side of the camera recording this stuff doesn't mean that at this stage in our careers, we're more focused on teaching than doing, you know, that is our our role now in this industry. And so I want to state again, if you happen to be watching this show, reach out. I mean, it's, it's, we're going to pick up, <laughs> we're going to respond, you, you know, it's, it's, that is, you know, why we're doing this, um, but, you know, at our on Twitter, uh, Fragosa Design, uh, type my name in the interweb, stuff will be coming up, um, and, uh, but as I always say, the best place I hope you really do find me is here on TV and our suite of shows where we talk about a bunch of verticals and there's got to be something for you in there if you're in this industry to watch and uh you know like i said i you know w- watch steve's got some other shows going on that are phenomenal um you know type in these guys names and seriously and look at the shows that they're on and follow them and that would be cool
0: i appreciate that and thank you rich uh, and uh as Rich said, you know, you know, he he is more involved on on the residential side. Um, by by nature, I'm probably a little bit more involved on the commercial side. But we also cross over quite often, and we're we know, so if you're interested, it's always good to check out the other side of the industry. So if you so Resi Week, AV Week, those are highly recommended, as well as many of the other Scotts a regular on EdTech. So please check that out as well. Um, For me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on most social media platforms. I've been trying to be more active on Twitter and on LinkedIn, so you could check me out there. I love these conversations, and it's not honestly how this started with Scott and I were chatting on uh, AV and the AM, I believe, uh, on Twitter. So it's uh, these things do happen organically and they're great to be able to carry those conversations forward. And as Rich said, um, please leave us a comment, a review, a rating, uh, and ju- or just tell us that you're out there listening because we're always looking for more Topics and want to make sure that we're serving the audience and having some new voices and opinions. So, uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Please uh, do so. Um, and uh, we until next time. This
2: has been a state of control.